Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. Could something we teach through our intensives, live events, and even this podcast actually be damaging to your relationship? Well, yes, actually, everything we teach could be damaging to your relationship, but I promise it is not our fault, and you get to find out why next. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am your host, Michael Smalley, along with the co-host of co-hosts. Seth Johnson. So what did you think of this intro? I mean, it's... Intriguing. It's actually probably one of the most factual, least <laughs> exaggeratory intros you've ever done. So I'm in love, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever say I don't take influence, people. So we, we today on the show, we are going to take one of our beloved listeners' questions. Mm-hmm. And in her question, it made me realize, which I've known, and you and I have talked about this before. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked. Well, we've probably talked about it on the show. How really anything in life can be taken and be good or bad. Right. I mean, virtually everything. We were going to come up with a list of things that could be good and also bad, and you and I probably wisely bailed on that idea. Yeah. I mean, but we can all, I mean, you just... Sex. For sure. Sex can be wonderful, and obviously it can be horribly cruel at the same... Not at the same time. (laughs) Not not the same time. that's why we bailed out on this list. Handshakes. Totally. They can be great when you're like, meeting hey, someone, but great if you to meet don't you. let go and you just keep lingering. Well, you're maybe you're trying to establish dominance over someone. Mm-hmm. Did you know if you shake someone's hand and there's one of those people that like kind of turns it over, that yeah. that's a sign of trying to show dominance? You know what another sign is? Hmm. When another man touches your head. So like if he pats you on the head or kind of rubs your head. Really? Little, oh, that very might be why. That frustrates this not out of me. Yeah, well, everybody. Nobody. I mean, now, obviously, patting your kid on the head. You know, your right. little girl, Sloan, one day, honey, I'm so proud of you. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Not but, now, because she's a soft spot. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> could cause permanent damage. <laughs> but, you know, with another guy, mm-hmm. or even a female, like, you know, that's sometimes one of the things I look for yeah. when I'm working with a couple, or I don't necessarily look for it. But when I see it, it makes, yeah. you know, makes me go, oh, interesting. When a, when a husband... Has his hand on top of his wife's head. That, yeah, that oftentimes is not a positive sign. So y- you and I are similar in that you know we don't have to feel like we're the dominant 
person yeah. into personality in the room. Um, so, but something that I do just to jack with those people is when they do shake my hand and try to turn it, I don't let them. <laughs> and I just, I'll just fight it. But you can't show expression in your face like yeah. you're doing anything. It has to be like a normal thing. I know, like, yeah, and all of a sudden they get this confused look. I'm like, wait, why aren't they letting me turn it over? I'm trying to dominate this guy. <laughs> that is funny. I, you're right. I am also pretty relaxed, but I will. Uh, my buttons can get pushed pretty quick if a guy. I'm trying to think of a, uh, this. I don't want to give very many details, but mm-hmm. a couple that I kind of went to their place to visit, mm-hmm. and I come in the door, and this dude comes out of the box with, "How old are you?" I'm 44 <laughs> years old with gray hair. <laughs> you're gonna your your first thing out of your mouth to me is gonna be, "How old are you?" I was like, "Oh, you're not gonna win this game," and so I very quickly reestablished dominance. <laughs> I won't say how. You tackled him. But I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I just hauled off and punched him right in the face. Now sit down. Do what I say. So, all things, <laughs> there's a balance yes. in everything we how say. How long have we been derailed? Oh, just like four minutes. Oh. All right. Sorry, people. So here's the question. that uh, Do you want to read it or me? Uh, go for it. Okay. I'm going for it. So here's a question in its entirety from one of our listeners. And I think it's actually going to lead to a really good show. You've talked about taking a timeout when things get too heated. I feel my husband uses this phrase as a way of avoiding the problems we face. Unfortunately, communication in our marriage has become so unpleasant and difficult that timeouts have become a lifestyle and we have virtually no communication. I'm talking like years and years, at least 15. At this point, I feel we have no connection, no relationship, along with so many unresolved issues. I don't even know where to start. We've been married for 35 years. I don't want to give up. But I do not want to live the rest of my life with a hostile stranger. Help. Three exclamation points. Yeah. That's, that's all capitals. Rough. Yeah. 15 years of just not even hardly talking, yeah. clearly, and 35 years of, yeah, this, I mean, I appreciate this listener and I appreciate you. Um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Something about this question really jumped out at me. And I know that this episode is. Airing the day after Christmas, mm-hmm. so well. Christmas is a stressful time. Merry for, Christmas for <laughs> families. It is. So I think it's a yeah, yeah. So maybe it's the perfect timing because things aren't always going to go right. So let's start first here. And why in the world could everything we teach be bad? Because we're just making it up. Yeah. No. <laughs> Very practical, proven stuff that we teach. Because everything in the world can be used. For good or evil, virtually right. everything. Oh, so, sure. anything that we teach, someone can hear that and use that for bad, mm-hmm. or they can use it for good. That's why, you know. And and I think it's important to understand this principle because I don't think a lot of people realize it or think about it enough. Is what really matters in your life is what is your heart behind it. Right. I mean, this is what Christ goes after all the time. He's like, mm-hmm. man, you can look like the best Christian on earth, right? Dressing the Pharisees, who he also called a brood of vipers. vipers. And so you can look great. You can, do, you can be doing all of the correct things, memorizing scripture, attending church, singing louder than anyone else or with the greatest of voices. But if your heart isn't in it for the right reasons, you're dead to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so your heart really does make a huge difference. What is your intention? What is the true desire, right? So, so you take this 
lady and her relationship, you know, but and, and, please, and disclaimer, we know, I know that we were only getting one side of the story. Right. And I genuinely mean that. I don't say this haphazardly or flippantly. I, I mean, I, I've been at this for so long, you know, it was funny. My wife uh, was someone at church, you know, helping their relationship, mm-hmm. was getting the wife's side this one evening, mm-hmm. and it was escalating quickly. And I and I looked and I go, hey, you need to slow down because you're only getting one side right. of the story. And I know everything you're hearing looks and sounds terrible, but I'm telling you, there's always the other side. And so when I, I finally actually met with the husband the next day, and lo and behold, <laughs> there was a total different side mm-hmm. to that evening and to what had happened and once you get both facts, you can kind of start assimilating. The, the truth, truth is kind of somewhere in between it's there. It's almost always in between. Mm-hmm. So I, I say this going, all right, we only have one side of it. But, but however, this does happen where right. someone you, learns the technique. And I even I address this many times on, at my live events. I will say this. Look, because oftentimes the question is, well, how is a timeout different than avoiding? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and for those of you who don't know what a timeout is, uh, listen to our other shows. Yeah, <laughs> there are so many. Go to smallinstitute.com and search, and just type in "timeout" one word, and yeah. all of our shows on this will come out. But it's a technique you use to stop really nasty conflict and to regroup, mm-hmm. right? And you're right; it can absolutely be avoidance. So, yeah, you can say "timeout." But if your intention is I'm just saying this so I can get out of the room and I have n- I have no intention of coming back, you're not calling a timeout, right? I feel like this is actually a case of um, the the husband is using the term timeout, but that's not actually what's happening because as we discussed, yeah, the, it, the, the timeout is a specified thing and it's coming back. Well, there's rules. Right. And if you don't follow those rules, then you're not taking a timeout. Right. So you're, you're actually, just avoiding. So you're just calling. You're changing the name of avoiding, basically. Mm-hmm. So you can feel like you seem feel better about avoiding. Yeah, and and I'll say at events, you're just taking. You're just you you're just call. You're you're using a yeah. Wow. I swear <laughs> I speak better at live events than this. <laughs> it's like my brain got stuck and it just couldn't. Couldn't go. I was, I was about to just hit you by the head, see if that helped. It's just a fancy way to avoid. Say, right. I need a timeout. And then you're just avoiding. So, again, your heart matters on why you're doing anything that we teach through this show. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. heart matters. Your intentions matter dramatically. And so a part of this in her question was, I feel my husband uses this phrase as a way of avoiding the problems we face. And he might be. So obviously, if you use a timeout to avoid, or if you use a timeout to try to control, then you're not doing a timeout, as you already yeah. just said. It's mm-hmm. you are now officially doing very unhealthy things, and that is not what we're teaching on the show. Right. Well, we're maybe trying some not to of the teach things. unhealthy things. <laughs> no, we're trying. So here's another part of her question. At this point, I feel we have no connection and no relationship, along with so many unresolved issues. I don't even know where. To start, man, I this this like I feel already for it because like even I can see how it can be so overwhelming of like man we've got this we got to tackle this we got to tackle this we got to tackle and in my mind I uh, immediately probably just in my stage of life where I just moved just had a kid within the same week 
and a lot of changes in the air, and we have a, like a lot of things going on, and just a lot of things to tackle, and those are like mostly physical things to get done. So, I, which for me are easier than emotional, yeah, and c- communi- communication things. Probably way easier. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm curious, what do you do when you get overwhelmed? Like, how do you tend to cope or respond to that? Do you get like my wife mm-hmm. wants to start cleaning, or she'll get maybe heavily task oriented. Um, I think I probably have to just like, st- I think I stop for a so bit. Shut down? Well, I, I don't. Stop I don't, sounds so much healthier than I shut down, stick my head in the sand, and hope it all goes away. No, it's almost like a, a break, I think, of work. I just need to like pause. So it's almost a, and, well, then it could be maybe and then, self-care. And then figure out, okay, especially one of those things like, like I have to keep going. Right. It's like I, I pause, do something that distracts me from that for a minute or like maybe an hour, whatever it is, whatever yeah. I can allow. And then just, okay, what's something I can accomplish right now? Like something quick. Yeah, I definitely stick my head in the sand. Yeah. I'm a massive shutter downer. I just completely break down. Well, what happens to me is like I will, I will pick that first quick win. To get done, and yeah. then like, cool, be healthy, and then yeah, I won't necessarily that. keep going on. Oh, <laughs> I don't even try. Yeah, so that's that's the problem. I mean, there is no win. My life is over. <laughs> this will never ever get better. Pass me the Cheetos. Yeah, <laughs> that is a little too close to home. So here's where, listeners, here's where you gotta be careful. And I'm saying this to myself as well. Uh, because when you get into this overwhelming sense, right, this overwhelming feeling, the problem is your negative self-talk is only going to make it more impossible and more overwhelming and more difficult to overcome. So mm-hmm. at some point, and this is one of the things that I have to do in my own life, I have to start going, stop. I, I cannot keep viewing this thing in the way I'm doing I am catastrophizing this. It is not helping me. Lord, I trust you. I know I can get this figured out, or I know I can get through this. I know I got to get up. I got to get involved. And it's kind of like the saying goes, you can't eat an elephant in one bite. I've, I've, I know what you're trying to say. I've never heard that saying. Well, you know that my mother is infamous for her disastrous use of colloquialisms. So my mother never gets it right. <laughs> well, you know, you got too many chickens in the fire. I was like, wait, is it chickens? That doesn't sound so right. So you're cooking like a feast? Yeah. <laughs> Did you pluck them first at least? So I also have that curse. And this is how I've said this all my life. So when I was doing the research and the notes for the show, I Googled that. You can't eat an elephant in one bite. And I quickly found out that, uh, no, that is incorrect. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong all my life. It's actually when eating an elephant, take one bite at a time by Creighton Abrams. Do you know who Creighton Abrams is? An author. I have no idea. No, I don't know. I didn't want to go that deep. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm already having to do more research than I wanted to on this stupid phrase. And so the phrase is actually when eating an elephant, take one bite at a time. And, and my point with this is I know you feel overwhelmed. I know you don't even know where to start, but you can't look at the problem. 
you can't just look at this gigantic elephant and and of course if you're just looking there you're going to be overwhelmed you're like how am i ever going to do that mm-hmm. you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time but then in my googling efforts on this phrase mm-hmm. i came across the website i'm going to save it because guess what's in our notes right there uh, we have a commercial break. Man, that is an amazing teaser. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, I found the coolest website. But you're going to have to wait, all of my friends listening, because we are going to start doing these little short commercial breaks to make sure the folks know how they can continue to get more help from Smalley Institute and our mini services. And today we're going to actually highlight our Smalley Marriage Intensive Program. So if your marriage is on life support, Call toll-free 888-565-6462, and you can speak with one of my intensive consultants and discover how you can actually reignite your relationship in only two days. Only two days. Our intensive program, almost 70% of the people, you can do two days or three days, 70% choose the two days, and we have an incredible success rate with the intensives. So if you're hanging on, if you're listening to this going, I don't know what to do, and the podcast feels helpful, you probably need some one-on-one time. And so we have eight locations across the United States with people that we have trained, my wife and I have trained personally in our intensive program, and it works. So again, that toll-free number to speak with one of our intensive consultants is 888-565-6462. So I told you in my research... Yeah, this website. Yeah. And it is Achieve the Green Beret Way. Oh, like yeah. the military? Yeah. English? How cool is that? It's kind of like a man site. Okay. And there's an article on there, and it was actually really, really good. And I'm going to pull it up here because I'm kind of forgetting exactly what it says. <laughs> <laughs> Achieve. <laughs> We here at Small Marriage Radio are always prepared. <laughs> Just give me a second. Now I'm going into my... <laughs> Where's my history? Dang it. Oh, there it is. So this guy, where is he? I could have sworn I put that in the notes, but I don't see it. Any- oh, there it is. Mike Martell. So Mike Martell wrote an article, and he said, don't eat the elephant one bite at a time. So I went, well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's the opposite of I what? know. But he, yeah. you know what? Anybody can teach us something. And this yeah. dude did it. And so in essence, what he says in this article, and we do have a link for the article right here on this podcast episodes page. But in essence, what he's talking about is you can't eat an entire elephant one bite at a time because, frankly, it is so big, it would take you so long, the meat is going to... Spoil. Spoil. Because it's too large, you'll end up hating elephant, and frankly, it's just never going to happen because it's just too large of an animal for one human to eat. Mm-hmm. And I know that the, when they said eat one, they're being figurative, but I actually like the take on this guy because what he said is, but if you pull in a community, if you pull in a ah. village, you can wipe that elephant out. And that's what we're here to do with Smaller Marriage Radio is wipe those elephants out. We're taking them down. <laughs> Tusks and all. <laughs> we just lost so many listeners. So, but no, the point is, I know this listener submitted the question is overwhelmed. Therefore, you need to bring in a community around around you for what you're struggling with. 
You don't have to tackle it alone. So I guess what I'm kind of saying is I recommend doing both things. You got to look at this overwhelming thing and now break it up into bite-sized pieces and bring in community. And whether or not her husband wants to do community, by the way, I don't even care. Right. Because community will benefit her. She Mm -hmm. will get encouragement. She will get support. She's going to get wisdom. And it will help you. You don't have to be alone. And my guess is for her is that she's been trying to go out this alone is my guess. Because typically when you're alone and isolated, that's when you reach that level of feeling totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So please do not dismiss community folks when you feel overwhelmed in your relationship. And so that's why, you know, getting involved in a healthy church is so critical. Yeah. You know, they at, at church, you can find a mentor. You can get discipled. You can get into a women's group uh, for the guys listening. Maybe it's your wife who's disengaged. You can find a men's group. So and most churches are equipped to give you community. Like Sean and I have had recent discussions, um, you know, with the birth of our daughter, even how cre- even harder this would be without our community. And, you know, we have an amazing community that, um, you know, whether it's the showering of gifts and just preparing physical things that we need. And I've joked that already my daughter owns more things than I do. <laughs> um, though she's just really knocking that diaper count down. That's <laughs> um, what uh, they do. Yeah. Her number one job is to poop and to, pee. Yeah, to pr- providing meals um, to, like, so many dudes have just, like, text and called, like, Hey, just let me know what what it is you need, even if it's just like you just need some bro time in the midst of all this. So, I just can't imagine walking through life for any major like any major situation or just life at all without community. So having um, that community with this uh, spouse to be able to see the entire elephant and help her conquer it is necessity. Help her tackle it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it alone. And I can remember when I moved from Chicago to Branson, because I've always, community has been very important for me. And so you can't quit on it, because I know it took me three or four years of a lot of praying. I mean, where I would be stressed out at times because I wasn't finding that community. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, it just wasn't happening, but I was pursuing it, and I was looking for it, and I was praying for it, and it took time. Yeah. Then, of course, I found it. It was amazing, and I moved. (laughs) (laughs) And that's life. And so when I moved down to the Houston area, I'd start all over again. I'll Mm -hmm. be honest. I mean, I told God, I was like, listen, I do not want to have to go through this again for four years. I'm begging you not to make me wait. And he did. I found Casey very quickly. It was such a – yeah. I still remember the first time he came into my, my office. I was planning a church, and he just, like, came in. And he was such an idiot. I knew immediately we're going to be best friends. Right. <laughs> and then when he moved, I was very sad. Mm-hmm. And then he introduced me to an even bigger idiot. Yeah. Wait. It was you. <laughs> so community matters in your relationship. Last thing here on dissecting her relationship, and it might be the most important one. Or I'm sorry, dissecting her, her question. So this is from our listener again. I don't want to give up, but I do not want to live the rest of my life with a hostile stranger. Help. And you know where I'm going on this one, right? 
I always do. Yeah. That's not true at all. I have to, I have no you idea. Have no where idea where I'm gonna go on this one? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> oh. Well you're looking at the notes, so surely you have a <laughs> But you should know by now that I'm gonna start with saying she's not gonna like what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. But I do believe this. Um because for this listener, you don't have to give up and you don't have to be miserable. Both of those things would be choices she makes. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter what your husband is or is not doing, how great right. or terrible he might be. Because, I mean, here's the truth. He could be a wonderful husband. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying here's how life goes. He could be a wonderful husband, and she could still make terrible choices and end up in the exact same place. Yeah. We are the controllers of our destiny. That felt very deep. <laughs> And at the same time, cliche. So you are in charge of your own emotions. You don't have to be miserable. You don't have mm-hmm. to. You know, we all I always recommend the book, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. So we, how we choose to feel is how we're going to feel. So even in the midst of this rightly difficult situation for her, miserable. Right. Let's just call yeah. it miserable. She clearly feels that way, and I'm okay, because it would be. That would be mm-hmm. very difficult. She can still make different choices. So right. 35 years, you don't have to quit. And in fact, what I've been learning lately and realizing, because we've been unpacking, uh, we're already done with it, but at our church, I got roped into helping. Our, our pastor was doing a, you know, he's going through Ephesians. Okay. And now he finally hit Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, mm-hmm. which is like the big marriage section. Mm-hmm. And one of the weeks, and so we had this marriage class where we were basically dissecting the, the pastor's sermons and, and having group discussion for couples. Yeah. It was a pretty cool concept. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't mine. It was Pastor Joe Lanzalotti's idea. Somehow he made me implement <laughs> it for him. Still a little angry about that, Joe, but whatever. So on one of the weeks... We focused on Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, which reads, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. Washed by the cleansing of God's word, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. One of the things how I've always interpreted this, which I still think is, is a pretty good way to interpret this, is gentlemen, headship in your marriage looks like you laying your life down like Christ did for the church, for your wife. Mm-hmm. So it ain't about you. It's not about you having a magical trump card. It's not about you being a dictator. It's about you being the biggest servant in the home. But when I was researching for that, I always love going to Pastor John Piper because he's brilliant, far smarter right. than I will ever be. And his take on this especially blew me out of the water because kind of the 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 place he took this is that what truly changes people is God's grace. Mm-hmm. And 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 that is what Christ did for us all on the cross. That was a gift. Right. Unearned, undeserved. It was grace incarnate on the cross. And so what Paul is really challenging husbands in this role is to lay down your life, give grace to your wife, love her like Christ loved the church, and that is going to be the fuel that drives any kind of positive change in her life. So we can influence our wives 
by laying our life down for them and, and grace. So grace yeah. is the change agent. And I want to say that the wife can actually do the same thing. Right. It's not so, just, the, just the husband's role. 100%. Uh, I mean, obviously, Paul is saying this is the husband's role. But women are also disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and therefore, she also has the authority and power of Christ and the Holy Spirit in her if she is, believes in him. And so, therefore, she can love him in the same way. Mm-hmm. And that kind of love might be exactly what is... And, and gosh, I do not want this to be heard that she has not been doing that. So right. please, listener, that is, yeah. I am not judging you saying, clearly you're not living a... I am not saying that. What I am saying is this is how people change. It's the best mm-hmm. way to get someone to change is to simply lay down your life for them, give them the grace, and allow God to work on their hearts. Right. And so her hope, because I know she feels very hopeless, at the end of the day, I just want to remind her that your hope is in Christ. And when my hope is in Christ, people, places, or things aren't going to have as dramatic of an impact on my life than when I'm plugged into people, places, or things. Mm -hmm. So right now, she's kind of plugged into her husband. I need you to do things. And uh, it's not wrong. It's okay to want your husband to love you as you deserve to be loved. But what do you do when he doesn't? Right. Right? I mean, if that's where your power source is, you're now going to be drained, you're going to feel hopeless, and you're going to be wiped out. Mm Mm-hmm. Replug back into the power source, which is Christ, and that thing isn't quite as heavy. And it's it's super easy to say, you know, that we need to lay down our life for our spouse and sure. serve them, serve them as Christ. <laughs> That's just very difficult to implement. But yeah, and and when you have to implement that over and over and over and over, as Christ did, and realizing that, like, just just like Christ, like he doesn't did not and does not give up on us, we cannot um, with our spouse as well. And yeah. that's that's where it's it's super hard, and you need that that perseverance, and you need the strength of Christ that, and you need the encouragement of the community. You need, like, all the things that we've talked about already to help support you mm-hmm. in that. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go, is that um, our when when our hope is in Christ— I know it's not easy, and I know it's difficult when the person you don't feel like is really changing, but it's what he does for you. That's kind of a big part for me when I want to get discouraged about whoever, anybody, right, that I'm in relationship with. I have to, I do. I get reminded that uh, I kind of do the same thing for you, buddy. You fail mm-hmm. over and over <laughs> and over and over again. So you're probably not one to you know, lose hope over that issue because you have the same problem. So he does it for me. I, I should probably do it for others. <laughs> well, don't forget on this podcast episode page, we have direct links mm-hmm. to our incredibly powerful Reignite Your Marriage app. And you can find that on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon App Store, wherever your smart device connects to. Just type in Reignite Your Marriage, and you'll have instant access to date night ideas, conversation starters. The love list. The love list. Uh, love talk, our communication mm-hmm. method. It's actually an incredibly helpful tool. So you can download that there. What else? Oh, well, do you want to get the next one or do you want me? Oh, go for it. <laughs> because we also have the online courses. Yes. So don't forget, if you just go to smalleyinstitute.com, at the top you will see Discover the Number One Reason Relationships Fail. Sign up. It's a real course. 
and it will give you very important information on exactly why your relationship might not be up to snuff. Mm-hmm. And it's totally free. Yeah, it's not just a fluff thing. No, it's a legit course, and you will get value from it. So check that out at smalleyinstitute.com. And then if you enjoy the show, then uh, go ahead and subscribe for us on iTunes. It uh, helps others find us. And then if you want to even go a step further, leave a review and let us know if we are doing a good job or not and if there's content you'd like us to cover. Well, Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. I was shaking from a storm in me Haunted by the specters that we had to see Yeah, I wanted to be the melody Hey, DC, right now at VisionWorks, all prescription eyewear, every frame, every brand is 50% off. Yup, a nifty 50% thanks to our friends and family event. What's even better, it applies to both glasses and sunglasses. That's right. At the VisionWorks friends and family event, you can save 50% on all prescription eyewear. Why? Because we like you, DC. A lot. VisionWorks, we're here to help you. Some restrictions apply. See store for details.